Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't Hey, good afternoon. You have found the Peace Legal Hour featuring Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos. Of course, I'm not Haley. You are Haley. Hi, it's good to be here again. I'm excited about our topic today. We're going to talk about parent time. Parent time? Yeah, the parent time statutes. Oh. So specifically sort of the pitfalls that that occur when people have these parent time schedules. Now, I'm guessing I, I hadn't even uh, considered that would be a legal term, but I'm anxious to learn about it. Uh, Haley, uh, each week as we get started, of course, we need people to understand that while you're going to be talking about uh, legal terms, legal um, situations and, and basic concepts here, there's something people need to understand about this. Yeah, please understand that though I'm giving general information, nothing that I say should be construed to be legal advice. I'm not giving legal advice. And if you do need legal assistance, please feel free um, to call and we'll get you scheduled for a consultation. Okay. So family or family time or parent time, sorry. Yeah, it's actually called parent time. So the the traditional term that used to be used was visitation. So people would talk about their visitation, right? Their visitation rights. Um, that term has now changed to parent time. And the reason for that is both parents are parents and they're both spending time with their kids versus one parent visiting the children. They're both taking parent time. So I, I actually really like the change. I think it, it also highlights a change in policy from when the courts used to use the word visitation. And, and I think that it really promotes a better co-parenting between the parents. So. Seems like this is uh, something that I have seen come up often as an issue uh, among friends or family members that have gone through divorce, um, especially where there are kids involved. That is a complicated thing because... So, you know, they're still going to be they're both uh, often going to be providing care for the kids. But how to effectively divvy that up? What are some of the biggest obstacles that uh, that the law has to address when it comes to, um, you know, making those determinations as to who will get parent time, how much and when? Sure. So I've talked about this a little bit before, but typically in a family. So. In a, a familial unit, there's usually somebody uh, oftentimes there's a person that's out of the home more than the other person and somebody that's sort of the primary caregiver of the children when they're, they're married um, during the marriage. So a lot of times when the parties separate, the person that's been giving primary care, the primary caregiver believes that they are entitled to having most of the custody of the children. So the larger portion of custody of the children and, and typically think that the other party that, that worked out of the home or whatever sh- shouldn't have as much time. And the courts, and it, it really depends on who you're in front of, to be honest, but typically and the policy is that the courts understand that that's the way that the marriage works during the marriage, but they also look at the separation as a completely new thing. And they, they give the party that hasn't had or that was working outside of the home and maybe financially providing for the children, the option to care for the children as well. Um, and maybe a, a similar or a joint custody order. And so it, it's kind of interesting because 
I mean, this is a real issue and I get both parents in my office saying, you know, hey, I, I wasn't able to see my children very much because I was providing for the family. And the other parent that, that had been staying home, maybe with the children or caring for them more, would say, you know, they don't, they shouldn't have more time. I've been caring for them. I put them to bed. I make their meals. Um, I get them off to school every day. So it, it's it's definitely a complicated um, issue. And, and both positions are relatable. You know, they both have really, really great points. Um, ultimately what the court does with that is they look at the circumstances of each case. So these, again, the court, I've said a lot of times the court in these cases has a lot of discretion to make determinations regarding parent time. And so they'll look at the totality of the circumstances. So both the parties and their circumstances and see what really is a doable, reasonable schedule for both the children to give the children the support and, and the consistency that they need. And then also allow the parents to be splitting that parent time in a way that's equitable, but also in the best interest, of course, of the children. That's a lot to juggle. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think that the court's. I mean, they definitely don't do it perfectly, but I do think that they really do try to focus on the best interests of the children and stability um, in the children's schedules, which is something that I think is, you know, that's important. And I think that sometimes in these really contentious cases, parents forget to to remember that they really should be putting the best interests of their children first. So for the sake of those who may have questions We'll give out the phone number here where you can call and you can speak with Haley Dickey here on air, 801-254-1640, 801-254-1640. You had mentioned, Haley, the presumption that, well, whoever's, you know, providing the most uh, sometimes thinks the scales are going to be tipped in their in their favor. What are some of the other assumptions that people sometimes make about uh, this, this, this area of family law that uh, aren't necessarily based in reality? So a lot of times they'll believe that, uh, this comes up a lot, a third party, so say mom or dad gets remarried, and that that third party isn't going to have anything to do or shouldn't have anything to do with their children. And that's just not the case, right? When when somebody's remarried, that person will be a large part of the children's lives. And the court, though, they, they sort of light-handedly... Um, There aren't any specific statutes or rules regarding this, but they do try to allow for that third party to to be able to be involved, though to a a lesser degree, obviously, than the biological parents of the children and or just the parents of the children. And this issue causes so much contention. Parent, I see people trying to modify parent time or custody arrangements because a party gets remarried and they think that the the new, you know, the new person in the child's life is going to be bad for the child. So they want a new assessment of the child's best interests. And that's another huge area of this law is how to navigate um, new love interests and ultimately new marriage partners. So I do have a couple. So what this, what the court does to kind of help guide them in this process, there are actually three statutes on the books, so in Utah law, that sort of designate what these schedules could look like. Now, I'll say that the sky's the limit. I've said this a lot before, but most of these cases settle. So most family law cases settle, and the parties are really have 
the ability to come up with the schedule that works best for them. And if they're able to agree, the court's not going to have an issue with what they come up with. So you have really broad um, ability and discretion to come up with the schedule that work, will work best with you. You just need to make sure that the other party's on the same page. However, if the parties aren't agreeing and the court needs to step in, they still have complete and broad discretion to decide what that schedule will look like. They don't have to follow these statutes, but they do often, I mean, more than often, they will typically look at these statutes for guidance. So I have a couple of them. There's the standard minimum schedule that I think most people are really familiar with. It's 30-3-35 in the Utah Code. And this is, you know, kind of what typically people think about when they think of visitation or that that sort of archaic word, um, visitation. It's three hours on Wednesday evenings and every other weekend, right? Friday night to Sunday night. And that's really, that's the the floor. I always, I always tell my clients that that is the least, the minimum. So if, if I have a client that comes in and they don't want the parent to have any parent time or they feel like they weren't part of the child's lives, even to the degree that, that this minimum parent time allows and they want to restrict them even more, they have to have re- really good reasons for doing that. And that would include, you know, potential drug abuse, child abuse, domestic violence, things like that. So really, in most cases, the court's going to at least allow the parents to have the minimum standard parent time, right? So where the fights typically occur are between the standard parent time, the minimum standard parent time, so every other weekend and then three hours each week, versus a more expanded parent time, which typically will look like a joint custody parent time. And so the standard minimum is a sole schedule, sole custody schedule. The expanded parent time, as specified in section 30-3-35.1, they call it an optional schedule for parent time for children 5 to 18 years of age. So it just expands on the minimum parent time and actually makes it so it's about a 60-40% split of time between the parties. Haley, I'm curious, how long have these uh, statutes been written as they are? I, I guess I'm trying to get a feel for, um, are, are these fairly new developments as far as uh, what they decide is, is kind of a standard time? Or does this have a pretty long history that has been agreed upon, you know, maybe for generations? So the 60-40, sort of the new optional schedule, has only been in effect, and I wish I could tell you exactly when it got put in place. I actually don't know. It's been amended multiple times since it was put into effect, but I it hasn't been for a long time. The standard minimum, I mean, I'm a child of divorce myself, and that was the schedule we were employing at that time. So I'll, I'll get back to more of what the court's going to do with those schedules when we get back. Okay. Again, if you'd like to join the conversation, if you have questions for Haley Dickey with Peace Legal and Intervivos, call us at 801-254-1640. 801-254-1640. This is the Peace Legal Show. We'll be back after these messages.
America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to LightYourLiberty.com. That's LightYourLiberty.com. YourLiberty.com. Peace Legal, we're a refreshingly different type of law firm. Other law firms charge clients by the minute. Sometimes you're afraid to call your lawyer because you're worried about the cost. Not with Peace Legal. You have the option in most cases between hourly billing and flat fee billing. With flat fee billing, you know how much your case will cost up front. One flat fee, no hidden costs, and no charges to speak with your lawyer. We specialize in family law, adoptions, divorce, prenuptial agreements, and enforcement of custody and support orders. We also work with businesses and nonprofits, with planning, contracts, and employment issues. We also handle what we call life law matters. These are those cases that arise just by living life, buying a home, rental agreements, power of attorneys, and traffic and DUI matters. We have five offices in Orem, Ogden, Salt Lake City, Sandy, and Spanish Fork. Visit us at PeaceLegal.net. That's P-E-A-C-E-L-E-G-A-L.net. Or call us at 801-876-LAWS. That's 801-876-5297. Our consultations are free, and we will always work hard for you. Peace Legal. We're a refreshingly different type of law firm. What would you do with extra money every month? Pay off your debt, save for retirement, travel, or upgrade your lifestyle? If you're ready to see your paychecks do more for you, start budgeting with Every Dollar. Every Dollar is a free budget app that is helping people find money they didn't know they had. People are saving thousands. If piles of paper and complicated spreadsheets come to mind, when you think about budgeting, you're not alone. Thankfully, Every Dollar has taken the headache out of budgeting and made it something people actually enjoy. In less than 10 minutes, you can create your first budget. No calculator or spreadsheet needed. Even better, with the Every Dollar mobile app, your budget is always with you, making it easy to update your budget and track your spending while on the go. It's your money and your life. Get more out of both with an Every Dollar budget. Create your free budget today at everydollar.com. That's everydollar.com. My name is Garrett Smith, and I'm a lawyer with Peace Legal. Are you starting a new business or launching a nonprofit? You'll want to have the right foundation. You'll want the peace of mind in knowing that the advice you're getting is rock solid. At Peace Legal, we work with business owners, entrepreneurs, and nonprofits. We help plan and review your business model, draft the necessary paperwork, and work with you when legal challenges and opportunities arise as part of your business. PeaceLegal.net. That's P-E-A-C-E-L-E-G-A-L.net. Or call us at 801-876-LAWS. That's 801-876-5297. Peace Legal. We're a refreshingly different type of law firm. Once again, welcome back to the Peace Legal Show with Haley Dickey from Peace Legal and Intervivos. Today, uh, Haley, you're talking about uh, parent time, which uh, for those who, who've ever been through this, you'll know that's this is a pretty big deal because parents want to be a part of their kids' lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we were you had asked before the break when this new optional schedule had been enacted and actually has really not been that long at all. It was since 2015. Um, the court has has 
put this new, well, I'm sorry, it was actually the legislature, but they put this new statute on the books providing for an optional schedule for parent time that is actually a joint schedule, like I was saying before. The reason that that change was so so impactful is because people, in the past, they had joint parent time and custody arrangements, right? That's not something that's new, but this now says that this is an optional, I'm sorry, optional, and I would actually say optimal schedule that the courts are utilizing all the time. So the impact was large in that a lot of times parents would typically agree to taking the minimum standard parent time um, because they, they thought that that's what they would get in if they went to trial or if they pursued trial. But now with this optional schedule, the courts are much more likely to award this schedule and award joint custody of the children um, versus before when it was it was often sole custody of the children. I think this is a good policy change, in my opinion. Um, I think that co-parenting is extremely important, and I think that children, for the most part, in, in, in most typical cases, benefit from having a relationship with both of their parents. So I, I'll say, though, the, the reason I'm talking about parent time today is I, I kind of had mentioned before that I'm part of a few social media groups that ask sort of their peers questions and a lot of time it's it's regarding parent time um so specifically i had somebody ask a question recently that if you have the minimum standard parent time and they so under the minimum standard parent time there's a summer schedule where the non-custodial parent has at least two consecutive and uninterrupted weeks with the children and they typically get to choose when those two weeks will occur. Um, this question asks that if your ex has chosen two weeks, but it falls on one of your vacation days, so one of your holidays, so in this case it was Father's Day, does their election trump your Father's Day holiday, or do they have to choose a different time frame? And I would say, unfortunately, as I was reading down the comments comments were incorrect (laughs) it does not trump your holiday the parent cannot choose to take their parent time over your holiday and so they would just have to choose another time and i think it's important to understand that because these issues especially with summer parent time occur all the time i think people spend thousands of dollars litigating these issues when the statute's pretty clear, it actually does talk about this issue exactly. It says that they cannot schedule over the other parent's holiday. Um, and I also think that if you have a question about parent time, you should consult with an attorney rather than your peers. Um, another question that I found was regarding parent time just in general and and what are courts doing with parent time specifically in cases where um so say the mom has stayed at home and the father has been out providing for the family they've separated kind of the example that i've been giving during the show um in those situations the court will expect mom to go and get a full-time job so they've kind of put both parties on an even playing field they won't say, well, you took care of the kids during the marriage so you can continue to do that and that he needs to continue to 
um, pay for the or provide for the family financially as he's been doing in the past, they won't say that. They'll say that mom has a potential earning and that she needs to go out and find a job pursuant to that to her potential earnings. Um, and and so it really does change the analysis because both parents are required to be working full time jobs. That means they likely both have the same amount of time to care for the children under this analysis. So kind of interesting how the court's looking at this. It's changed a lot. Like I said, this is only enacted in 2015 where they have an actual statute on the books that allows for joint custody of the children. Um, and it's, that's what they're ordering. I mean, it's really, really common to go to trial and receive a joint custody award. So. I have to say some of the people that I admire the most are the ones who, uh, regardless of how that uh, parent time is, is hashed out, in other words, whatever the judgment may be, um, I've seen fathers who will pick up, quit their job, and move to wherever you know their, their ex and the kids are. Um, just so that they can be a part of their lives or they'll drive, you know, six or eight hours at a time to, to make that uh, that exchange. And, and I know this seems like, you know, for people who haven't had to do that, that may not seem like any big deal. But um, there's a lot of personal sacrifice. But I think it also demonstrates a lot of commitment on their part. And, and I can't help but respect that. Yeah, absolutely. And the parents that that are willing to make those sacrifices are really awarded by the court. So say dad picks up and moves to where mom is located, that's going to go a long way in, in, in terms of what the judge analyzes and, and their willingness to to sacrifice and, and rearrange their schedules to be able to facilitate time with their kids, right? So that absolutely would be taken into consideration. That sacrifice would be taken into consideration when the judge is determining what custody would look like. And that really raises a really good point that... That's really what the courts are looking at. They're looking at how willing are the parties to co-parent between the two of them and make sure that the kids are really receiving the opportunity to have a good relationship with both. And it also, your your comment also highlights um, joint custody can't work when parents live far away from each other, right? If, if they are living really, I would say more than 60 miles away from each other, uh, even more than that, honestly, I think more than 25 miles away from each other, a joint parenting plan where both parties are supposed to be facilitating school schedules and things like that. It's not going to work. And those are some hard conversations with clients, right? They want to be able to live far apart because they don't want any interaction with each other. They want to move to new communities. And I completely understand that, but I also believe that if you want to be a you know an important part of your child's life or, or a impactful part of your child's life you got to live close within the equidistant at least to be able to facilitate again school schedules participate in their extracurriculars um you know allow them to play with their friends you know they're only going to be attending one school so are you capable of facilitating their schedules as they get older and want to be with their friends more um, the court's going to look into all of those circumstances, and it's important that as you're, if you are preparing to sort of go to court regarding these things, or if you're, you and your your spouse or your separated spouse are trying to figure out the best solution for your kids and their needs, I would just say living closer always makes it a lot easier. So, which is really people do not like to hear that, unfortunately. 
Okay, again, as always, you're going to encourage people, um, don't turn to the Facebook groups, uh, don't uh, don't just Google it, but if, if you have questions about this, maybe you find yourself in a situation where it's time to have this conversation, it's time to talk to a good attorney. And Haley, those who would like to contact you, what's the best way they can go about that? Sure. So my my number, which will take you to the firm, is 801-876-5297. And again, that number is 801-876-5297. And I do offer free consultation. And during that consultation, I will tell, you know, I typically take about an hour and I'll tell you exactly what sort of your next steps need to be in terms of preparing for your, your litigation. So... Okay. Very good talking with you, as always. We'll catch up again next week. This is the Peace Legal Show with Haley Dickey. Stand by. Remember me with our friends from Intervivos is on the way next.